like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Ah, baby, bone sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. The key. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. <laughs> oh I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, all Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Ooh. I was going to say, what's that mouth? Because we could only see the mouth of it's Jack. Johnny! <laughs> here's Johnny! Yeah, here's Johnny, all right. Josh's favorite gracious. line in the movie. I wouldn't Just say it's these up least. last week, so I don't have them like fully decorated yet. They look good. Thank you. You're welcome. I needed something back there. I would say that to anyone. I figured. <laughs> so you didn't want to venture out and come see us. You're recording remote. I am. You well, it's like, kind of late. Fuck all these gas prices, dog. I can't do this. Yeah, this is a half hour after our normal recording. So, you know, that's too long for me. It was Seth's fault. He was at some uh, bettering himself conference. Actually, it's like an hour and a half later. It was weird. It feels a little late. Bettering himself. He was. He went to one of those conferences where you have to like stand up and like look to the person to your left. Tell them something nice. Give no. them a hug. Look to the person to your right. I would not do well in something like that. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just wouldn't. You seem like the kind of guy that would do that. No. Mm. That would be like, you look like a bitch. <laughs> I have a bitchy face. No. See, Seth pretends to be mean, but really, he's really, really nice all the time. He's like fake nice. He does that weird fake laugh after he says something mildly controversial. Mm -hmm. Say something mean to me and then do like the laugh you do. I can't do it on command. Wow. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> He's like, oh, is your house disinfected? <laughs> that was via text, so I don't know how that would be That's the only thing I can conveyed. think of. I'm trying to think of... Oh, wow, Josh. It looks real clean down here today. <laughs> There's the laugh, see? Such an idiot. You have like a nervous little laugh. It's okay. It's not a nervous laugh. It just covers up my real feelings. Mm, you should just be your real self. I see Leatherface fell over. Yeah, Charlotte was down here dicking with him earlier. It's diseased. It is not. <laughs> Charlotte had a bit of a bug. It's okay. It's been going around. It has. Has it plagued your house yet? Not yet, but I feel it's probably going to at some point. It's about to? Yeah. Yeah. We both kids have had it, but Abby and I have been around them the whole time they were sick, and neither of us got it, knock on wood. Maybe so. it's a kid's thing. Mm. I don't know if that exists, but... Abby sends like 10 probably. kids home a day at school because they're sick. It's crazy. Well. Yeah kind of normal it's the time period mm -hmm. i'm a great singer mm -hmm. yeah hmc 79 the shining jess's movie oh boy oh boy is this kicking off our our month finally are we finally into our first movie yeah this is it oh yeah it is huh i mean texas chainsaw kind of fit the theme but it fit it, the theme it wasn't really a fit we just did it because it was new and we're trying to boost our downloads right which by the way have been great so thanks to all everybody out there listening Keep listening. Yeah. Say so, yeah. yeah. There. Okay. I was like, damn, is she going to say yeah? She's like, oh, I have to. Oh, my God. Oh, the peasants. <laughs> the fucking peasants that listen to the shitty podcast. 
believe. Mm-hmm. She hates everybody. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have that weird little laugh that you do. No. I mean, you ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She's not a big fan of people. But have you guys seen the Batman yet? No. No? Mm-mm. I was supposed yes, to. I, did. I, I thought didn't. you guys went together. I didn't oh. go. Migraine over here. Yeah. Mr. Migraine. I did have one. Oh, I don't think I'm going to He's make like, it. I'm not sitting in there for three hours. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. <laughs> yeah, I passed out on my couch. and mm. You missed it. it was, what'd you think of it? I really much enjoyed it. Really much enjoyed it. Okay. Much, yeah. Okay, can you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, Jesus, you're leaving me so just uh, on. Well, I didn't know if we were like, if this was like spoiler free. He's never going to watch. He doesn't even like Batman. Never said that. I loved it. I thought that Robert Pattinson did a pretty good job. Decent job. I liked the dude that played the Riddler. Paul Dano. He did a great job, didn't he? He did his creepy ass laugh. Like, dude, he's a psycho. Yeah. Was it too long, though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was my only complaint. I thought it was really good, but they could have shortened it up. Did you like emo Bruce Wayne, though? Yeah. You did like that. I liked it. See, I didn't really care for it at first, and then I came home and was talking to Anthony from Porcelain Peak, and I didn't realize that... It was supposed to be like a younger Batman, inexperienced, like just starting out. I thought we were getting like a seasoned, oh. like brooding, the, the Batman, kind of like what Ben Affleck did, but maybe a little younger. Uh, but this is definitely setting the groundwork for Matt Reeves' Batman universe. Like it's like his, he, like there was no relationship between him and Alfred, which I found weird. Yeah. Was Alfred in it? Barely. Was he younger? Alfred's kind of older, but he's not, he's like not helpful. Like, you know, it's usually him and Batman Mm -hmm. working together to solve stuff. Didn't really do that. Mm. He was checked out. Kind of. They still like really cared for each other, but yeah, there wasn't as much like back and forth as the usual. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with that. But anyway, I was talking to Anthony and he kind of like filled me in on like the comic books that it's based on. So I ordered those comic books. They should be here today, actually, at 530. They might be here right now. So look look at my watch. Do you want to touch it? No. Touch it. No. Touch it. No. Seriously, touch it. Just touch it once. (laughs) I knew you'd touch it. Um, Yeah. So anyway. What did you think of Colin Farrell for Loved it. Loved it. I thought he was great. And I like how they brought the penguin back to just being like this normal ass mobster dude. Yeah. Like he's not living in a, a sewer with, with uh, fin fingers. <laughs> Let me get you with my fin fingers, Seth. Yeah, who was the 90s penguin? Danny DeVito. Oh, that, yeah, he was good. He was so gross. He was good in the Burton Batman. Like that was what he was supposed to like. That tell yeah. Tim Burton Batman is weird because it's just so... Uh, Anime? It's not animated, but it's it's anime. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's like cartoony. Cartoony. Yeah. Yes, very cartoony. Yeah. I just remember he was gross and like always had shit coming out of his mouth and like, like you know. black sludgy stuff. Yeah. yeah, but this is definitely a more uh, uh, like real person thing. He's just like a, a dirty mobster, which hmm. he does really good. That fucking driving scene gave me anxiety, dude. Yeah. And I don't even suffer from anxiety, and I'm like sitting there like, oh my god. Look at all these people he's hurting, and it's raining, and he can't see, and he's like, the whole thing is like shot through his rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking weird. Hmm. But and they're just driving that. into oncoming traffic, and yeah, and then you can't like see anything because it's raining. The whole fucking movie, like it's in like based in Seattle. Oh, so it's always raining the whole mm-hmm. time. It rains the whole movie, dude. How about Nirvana being in the movie though? Huh? That was great. That was fantastic. It was. 
I guess Matt Reeves told uh, Robert Pattinson that he was listening to Nirvana a lot while he was writing it, and then he like kind of told him to like base this Bruce Wayne on like. Because you know how Kurt Cobain had like a negative um, relationship with fans, not fans, but like stardom. He didn't want to be famous. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of plagued him forever. But that's how he was kind of, that's how he told him to act and, and kind of go into the situation of, of Bruce being the way he is. He's real emo. He's weird. Because hmm. he's got like long black hair. It's like in his face. It's like me when I was in high school. I'll probably watch it eventually, but. Uh, it's not one. If I were you, I'd wait till it comes out. Yeah, I'll just wait. Because it's long. Three hours is a long time. It was. They could have shortened it. I think it would have been a lot better if they shaved like 50 minutes off of it, (laughs) honestly. Oh, for sure. Well, I think they did way too much backstory on Zoe Kravitz's character. I think so, too. But I thought she did good, though. I agree. No, she was an awesome Catwoman, but it was like, this is too much. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the guy from, uh, what's that guy's, is it something Trudeau? Trudeau? True. The guy that plays Valcone. Which I they, can't think of what his they fucking name changed is. his name for the movie and called him Valcone. I was like, that's not his oh. fucking name. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like, I don't give a shit about this conversation. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. We'll move on. It's still a long ass movie anyway, so we can probably cut the intro just a tad bit short so we can make it up on the back. Taddy bit short. What have you been watching? <laughs> we talked about what we've been watching. What have you been watching, Seth? Fill us in. I watched The Majestic. With Jim Carrey? Yes. Great movie. Actually, I bought, I bought it on Amazon. I haven't seen it forever. I love that movie. It's good. It's a good movie. It's a good one. good It was just as good this time watching it. How many times have you seen it? Probably four or five. Mm-hmm. But I probably haven't seen it in 10 years. This is where he goes off to war and then ends up coming back? No, it's during the... Um, Oh, the McCarthy thing where they thought everyone was a communist. That's what it was. And he, like, wrecks his car and loses his memory and goes to that town and they open the old theater and all that, yeah. Is he originally from the town? No. No. They think he looks like a guy that went to war and never came back. Uh, And they think it's him, but it's not. They just look alike. Fuck, I'm going to have to watch that. I'm going to have to hack into your Amazon and watch it. Yeah, I bought it (laughs) because I know I'll watch it again. That's a great movie. Tis, and then I watched the new Hulu movie Fresh. Ooh, how's that? It was weird. It was good, but it was different. Was it fresh? Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> I'm glad I, glad I wasn't eating while I was watching it. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it like, it's what, gory? gory? No, it's like cannibal-y. Mm. Mm. See, Jess get all excited. It's good. She started it's like to it's, drool. She started to drool a little bit. She's like, oh, yeah. Mm. It's different. Like, it's just, <laughs> And we know how the Hulu movies have been. Terrible? Bad. But this one was actually pretty good. Mm. I don't know why I made that noise. It was weird. Mm. <laughs> mm. It was seeing Jess drool after you talking about cannibalism. And then I was thinking I also started a series on Hulu, The Dropout, which is about Elizabeth Holmes, which you both know I'm obsessed with her because I yeah. find her very fucking frightening as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amanda Seyfried it acts and talks just like this woman because I have, mm. have did the audiobook on her. I listened to the Dropout podcast, and then I also watched the HBO documentary on her. Yeah, I'm a little obsessed. And she she acts Amanda Seyfried acts just like her. It's like <laughs> fucking scary. Weird. This woman is nuts, dude. Hmm. Crazy. So but Jess would really like this movie. It's got a lot of up close of mouth shots of eating the Ooh. human flesh and. <laughs> Like plop a whole like chick's leg down on the counter to cut up for dinner and wow. Oh, this guy's like actually eating people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. We used to have a little cannibal I was like, yeah, okay, maybe they experiment. This guy's <laughs> I don't like, know if I want to give it away, but yeah. 
I'm gonna watch it because you and Mark both watched it, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm gonna give Hulu another shot, and it was it was good. Doesn't Ben Affleck have a new series on Hulu? I don't know. I think he does. I think he does. Like, is he in it, or he just directed it? I believe he's in it. But you know what? I've been like balls deep in this new Walking Dead season, so maybe it's on AMC Plus. Oh, it might be. Which we have now, Jess, by the way. I upgraded I us. Yeah. Good, because I canceled mine. The things I do <laughs> for you guys, the things I do. Mm-hmm. And then I just watched my Gilded Age. That's it. That's a week, a weekly show. Yeah, When's wait. it over? I'm sick of hearing about it. Two more weeks, I think. Okay. Okay, I need a, like a, I want you to like give me like a, a full. Fl- I'm never gonna watch it, so I want you to just maybe we'll do a whole episode on it. We'll do a Josh and Seth cocktails <laughs> episode about the Gilded Age, a show you've never watched. Yes, you just talk me through <laughs> it the whole time, and then I'll um, then okay. I will feel like I have seen it. Okay, if you, we'll see if you can do a good enough job where I feel like I watched it. And then oh, I could go God. out and, and then I'll have Jess on a different cocktails episode and I'll tell her about. <laughs> oh my God. It's like playing telephone. Exactly. But then we'll all get together and you can tell me how badly I like, that, no, that never, that's not even a plot point, Josh. Like I'll you know be how like long of an episode that would have to be. I think we could do it. I don't know. If we got into the whiskey and the vodka though, it'd be, <laughs> that would be fun. That might have to happen. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Jess, are you in? Yeah, I'm in. She's like, I'm not fucking going. She's to like, that. I can't even. I don't even know what the fuck these two idiots are talking about at this point. We were ten minutes late logging on, and I was like, I bet she just bowed. Or no, Seth was like, I bet she was just like, nah, they're not here. I'm leaving. Yeah, and I was like, it's her fucking movie. She's probably like, eh, they're not showing up. Oh, I was sitting here waiting. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It was my fault. Jess, what have you been watching? Um, so I started this flag means death. It's on HBO. This flag means death. Is that a comedy? Yeah, it's like a comedy pirate show. I love pirates. It's fucking funny. It's really good. Um, they've I think there's three episodes that they released to start it, but then it's going to be like a weekly thing. Mm. Um, I watched River Wild. River Wild, (laughs) fill me in. Yeah. Um, you've never seen it with Kevin Bacon? Is it older? Yeah, I think I've seen it. You mean Mystic and Meryl Streep is in it? River Wild? I've never heard of it. What's this like synopsis? Um, so basically like Meryl Streep and her husband and their son go on this um, rafting trip and they run into Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley and they're like bad guys. No. And they, like, yeah. And they like basically kind of kidnap them. And yeah, I think I have seen that. Take them down the river. I've never seen it before. Like, but what is good. that on? I have to watch that tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After it's, Fresh. Um, I, I think it was on HBO. Fuck, you've been tearing up the HBO, huh? Yeah. Wow, dude. You're it all was in. either on HBO or Peacock. So. Okay. HBO or the cock. It's good stuff. That's really about all that I've watched. And the Batman, I went to see that. Um, Let's talk Monday. about the Batman again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Fine. Um... I've been very into The Walking Dead season 11 uh, because we have AMC Plus now, which I just talked about. I thought you didn't really like it anymore. I watched it up to like season five. I got out of it and then I got sick one time and I was like, eh, I'll give The Walking Dead a shot. So I binged it all the way up to the season we were on then and then I got back into it. Oh, okay. So I've recently been into it. The problem with The Walking Dead is that you can't watch it week to week. Like you just got to wait till there's a bunch of them out and then watch okay. watch the whole block of them because if you go week to week because they jump around so much because there's so mm. many different storylines now that it's just be it's hard to follow. Fun. Yeah, because like something might happen with like Negan 
And then it'll be three weeks later before they get back to that storyline. Because mm. then it'll jump over to these other people or these people. I feel like I'm giving a presentation. You are. You know? <laughs> or doing jazzercise. You never had me. You never oh, had your cock. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Let's jump into the movie because I feel like this is going to be a long discussion on this movie because or maybe Jess not. loves it. I, as Jess knows, do not like this movie. And I'm so in the middle. Usually you are. If this were a HMC BLT, my friend, you would be the BL and the T. Mm. I'd be the B. <laughs> You'd be the BL be and the, the meat T. The Jess and I would be the buns. Yeah. Because we like carbs. <sighs> Our movie, The Shining. Jess, your pick. Jess, why did you pick this movie? It's my favorite horror movie. But of all also time. fit the theme for this month perfectly. Mm. I can't believe it's taken you this long to do it. We're at 117 episodes now with everything included. And it was this is the first time you picked it. I thought it would have been one of the first ones you picked. I kind of think because I didn't think either of you liked it. And so, yeah, I just had to wait for the right time. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this beer is going to go everywhere. I hope it does. It didn't. Damn. Oh, oh there it goes. <laughs> Splugin. Shit. It's all right. Glad I'm not there. It would have went in all over me. Mm. <laughs> would have went like all over me. <laughs> um, obviously not any of our first time seeing this movie. No, but I must have Correct. watched this like on TV because there's a scene in here that I do not remember ever seeing. Which scene? The old lady in the bathtub thing. Oh. I feel like I've never seen that before. Yeah, I bet you watched really? it on TV. So I bet it was always some kind of edited like TBS. Who knows what it was on. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, uh, we were having a garage sale at my parents' house. I would have still lived there, so at that time it would have been my house, too. I'm sure we'll still have beer up my arm. I'm sorry. Um, and we were all the kids were inside, and one of my friends brought it over, and we watched it during the garage sale. And even back then, I was like, this movie's not that great. <laughs> it's my first experience with it. Okay. And then I gave it another. I'm not done. Don't cut me off, okay? I'm cutting you off. I <laughs> beer boy. <laughs> I'm trying to be so careful. I just uh, suck it off the top. You want to? No. You want to suck the head? You so, suck the head. I'll suck the head. Damn. That's a good one. Really mouth that head. Mm-hmm. And you put your whole freaking mouth around <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> what are you jealous? He does have a big mouth. No. <laughs> Don't bring me around, your man. <laughs> oh man. Gobble that thing right up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then I tried to watch it again later in high school, and I was like, nah, I still don't like this movie. So then I tried to watch it yet a third time, Seth, because I was like, everybody loves this movie, or not everybody. A lot of people like this movie. They think it's great. So then I tried to watch it a third time, and I just... I. You loved it. I did, and I never did. And I think the problem is is because I read the book, and the book is so good, and there's so many differences, which I'm sure you're going to talk about in Fun Facts with Seth, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes? There's a few mentions of it. Okay. Uh, it's just so different. So I'm like, eh. Maybe you just don't like Stanley's work. Stanley? The problem with Stan, I could see why Stephen yeah. King wasn't happy with him. But Jess, why don't you tell us your first experience with the movie? Um, I saw this at a sleepover, actually, in middle school. <laughs> Ooh, before or after the pillow fight? It was before. Oh. Um, That's what got him going. But yeah, and I loved it, and it kind of made me get more into watching other horror movies. So this was, was like kind the of first like a, one you watched? It wasn't my first one. Poltergeist was the very That's first. That's right. 
horror movie I saw and I probably saw some in between there and this one but yeah it was one of the first ones that I was really like oh my god this is crazy I love this yeah oh my god girls how I love old, this movie how old were you um just like 25 like 13 like 13 <laughs> 13 you know what in light of that I could see this movie being scary for a 13 year old mm-hmm. At that time, because what when you were th- we were are the same age, I think, right? So that would mean what? What year would that be? <sighs> Early like two thousand, two thousand? No. Which one? Eighty-seven. Like yeah. ninety-nine, two thousand, probably. Yeah. Okay, I could see why that would be scary for a, a kid that age. Mm-hmm. But me now watching it, and when I watched it, I was older. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not going to shit on your movie the whole time, Jess. I promise I'm going to be positive, uplifting. Okay. I'm going to get my phone out of the beer pile that I made. <gasps> Characters Jack is played by Jack Nicholson. I always fuck up Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholas. You do that? Am I the only one? You're the, You're only, the only one. one. Great. <laughs> Great. Uh, not going to go through his uh, resume. Been in a ton of movies. Are you guys overall fans of his? Mm. I am. It depends on the movie. I'm not. He's he's so creepy looking. I don't know. He's just yeah. He's a weird dude. I don't like him in comedies. I think that's what I like about him. He plays a really good villain. Yeah. Mm. Do you like him as the Joker? Yeah. Do you like him better than Heath Ledger? No. But I think he's but weird. I did, I did think he was a good Joker. That was a good answer. Weird. Yeah. It's a good answer. Just might have been the end of the podcast right there if you had answered that incorrectly, but you did not. So we will continue. Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall. Ugh. Elaborate on. That. I don't like her in this movie. Do you like her in any movie? I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. I don't think I have either. I just like don't think she's very good. <laughs> she's yeah. in Popeye. Oh, she is in Popeye. She's olive oil, correct? Yep. Nah, I don't know. Not a fan. I love her in this. I think she's you really do. good in it. Change my mind. Change my mind right now. Why? What? Why you should like her? In yes. This? I think that they wanted to put somebody that was like ditzy and obviously gets on his fucking nerves because it just should like adds to his descent into madness. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I think she. There are some points where she's like annoying, but like. I just think she plays it really well. And her outfits. And her outfits, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, the reason I don't like her is because in the book, she's supposed... I think she's even blonde in the book. She's supposed mm-hmm. to be like this very well-looking person who obviously Shelley Duvall, in my op- personal opinion, is not attractive. Um, and then I think she's like real ditzy in this. But then he's just like a complete asshole to her the whole movie, which is that's not how he is in the book. So then I'm like, well, I don't know if she's ditzy or if she's just like deathly afraid of him. Well, there was a fun fact. And I don't think I put it in here, but I guess in the book she's blonde and like was what like a cheerleader and like a kind of never really experienced anything bad. Mm. But this character kind of seems like she's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Well, with him, right? Because he's yeah. so terrible. And that's something like Stephen King, I guess, didn't like. Yeah, her as the choice because she didn't seem like she was too like that innocent. Okay. Yeah. Because I know in the book, too, like, because this movie, which maybe I'm jumping way fucking ahead. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Uh, well, Jess, you did not change my mind, but you did a great job of trying. 
I admire your efforts. Uh, director Stanley Kubrick from uh, also did a Clockwork Orange and Full Metal Jacket. The budget was $19 million and the box office was $47 million. Yes, I sent the outline out late. Did you happen to have it? I do. Would you like to read the synopsis? A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Bum, bum, bum. You did a great job. Pull over. Scene one, opening scene. Jack, meet the Overlook. Jack drives his yellow beetle to his interview, showing just how secluded the Overlook Hotel is. Meanwhile, Danny ingests uh, secondhand smoke while he and Wendy discuss moving to the hotel. Wendy tells Danny, uh, Danny's make-believe friend Tony, how much fun they'll have as... Danny begins to talk like Tony, which is really creepy. Jack is a school teacher turned into a writer, and they'll be staying at the uh, out, out, Outlook, no, Overlook, stupid, staying at the Overlook from October to May to take care of the hotel while he plans to write his novel. They'll be secluded because I think that they get like 20 feet of snow and it's like a 25 mile stretch that they can't keep the roads clean. So once they're there, they're pretty much stuck there. Uh, the hotel manager tells Jack about the tragedy of Charles Grady in the winter of 1970, whom killed his entire family with an axe and then shot himself with a shotgun. Uh, they believe it was based or due to cabin fever. Back at the apartment, Danny talks to Tony, who tells him that Jack got the job and will be calling soon to tell Wendy. Danny passes out, sees a room full of blood and two little girls in blue dresses just as he wakes up. Wendy talks to Danny's doctor, who tells her that he's fine. He starts talking uh, again like Tony, which this was pretty creepy. I'm not going to lie when the kids start doing that. But um, he tells the doctor that he once had a dislocated shoulder. And then Wendy kind of starts to defend Jack because what happened is Jack came home drunk. Um, Danny is scattered. Jack's school papers all over the, the room or whatever. And then Jack got upset with them. But again, it was just an accident. Then we see the family drive to the Overlook, and Jack explains to Danny who the Donners were. All right, Jess, what do you, what do you think of this opening scene? I love it because it's got like the creepy music in the background, and they're like going down through like this like scenic Colorado. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I love that. I never realized until this watch like that they really do a great job of showing you how secluded this hotel is. Mm-hmm. And they even yeah. make points like three and a half hours away in the mountains away from civilization. And I think he gives an explanation for why they did that, didn't he? Uh, somewhere they talk about the desire was just to be out in the secluded area. They never wanted to do winter sports there or anything. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they never set it up for that. And I think, and Jess, have you read the book? No. Okay. Have you read the book? Mm-mm. Okay. Never, I think in the book, there's a reason the hotel's so far. Like, I think they were business people went out there to do things they shouldn't be doing. Maybe. I think that in the, I haven't read the book in years, but I'm pretty sure that was why they had done that. But in this, they make it sound like it was just, they wanted to be away from mm. people, which is. I mean, 1907, what really would have been out there? Not much. Right. Right. So. Did he say they tried to do winter sports and they just couldn't keep the roads clean, or did they yeah, never even try to do it? Something yeah. they couldn't keep the roads clear and it wasn't worth it or something. It cost too much. So, Jess, out of the three of us, which one of us do you think would be best suited to go to a secluded hotel for five months? Hmm. <laughs> I'd say probably me or you. 
Josh. Hmm. Not Seth? I don't think so. Why not? Because he, like, is too close with his family. Hmm. I definitely couldn't do it with no alcohol there. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, but I mean, you would bring your own. I think that would be kind of a cool job. I don't know. I Maybe to do it once, not every winter, but it'd be kind of fun one time. I think I'd go fucking crazy. And that place is huge. <laughs> Still. I mean, alone, okay, maybe. But if you were like with a, your family, it wouldn't be that bad. Lots mm. of places. Maybe Seth would do better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go nuts. I'd be hanging out in that ballroom all the time. <laughs> the ball the, the visuals in this movie are great the ballroom is cool but yeah you'd bring your own alcohol i would think yeah i, I mean, would have to be alcohol. alcohol well they don't have alcohol because he's an alcoholic right that's right. why they don't have it mm-hmm. but um yeah i agree i think i i think i would be the worst at it just because i i think it'd be cool for like a month and then i'd be like okay i gotta get fucking out of here mm. i don't know i just think it's really cool too like the whole hotel i just think it's really cool but if you're going to write a book, I mean, that'd probably be a good That's way true. to do it, you know. That's true. Or if you were like trying to maybe kick alcohol. Yeah. That'd be a good way to do it. Now, she- Wendy might get bored because she's not really. Well, she ends up like doing all the maintenance stuff as we see throughout the movie. She like, really she's, does. She's, she's the doing one that everything. does most of the upkeep for everything. <laughs> He's, he's just, just writing his book you know, throwing a fucking ball around in the like even in these <laughs> scenes like, i think this is a good place to talk about it like i'm like when he's and again i don't like jack nicholson mm. i just don't like him i don't I, I, I don't relate to him i don't know but like he gets there and he's just like so fucking weird even when he gets there and meets all men mm. and all the people there he's just like weird mm-hmm like, I don't feel like you ever see that descent into madness because as soon as he gets there, I'm like, this dude is fucking creepy. Well, he's weird with Wendy when they're driving there. Like, almost like he doesn't even want her in the car. Like, And Danny, too. Yeah. He's like, God, like, it's almost like Danny's talking to him and he's annoyed that they're they're talking to him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this guy. This is probably skipping too far ahead, but I've read some things that basically say he's supposed to be like a reincarnation of either a past guest or staff member of the hotel and that's why he is the way that he is and why he ends up being like possessed and hmm. weird well yeah because the last scene is the pictures from right. 1921 or something mm-hmm. where it shows him yeah. right in the front yeah interesting i just would have preferred to any guess because i probably have because i've read the book but where he like is loving and like likes them and then you see that change because i feel like the whole time he didn't like them yeah, it didn't really seem like it. Could be me. We had Wendy's famous ash scene. The big old ash. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever she's wearing. I was just bad. can't believe that people smoked around their kids like this. They did. It's crazy oh, yeah. to me. I'm sure my For dad did. I, yeah. Did your parents smoke, Jess? No. I mean, they did, but I think they quit like right around the time that I came into the picture. Hmm. Yeah, my dad always. I think he smoked in the house, but I don't remember it. Well, my parents didn't. So, but um, we used to hang out and like clip the little Marlboro. You know what I'm talking about? How you could send it in and get shit. The little Marlboro. Oh, the little ticket point things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. We used to do that shit, man. Yeah. You jealous? Yeah, I am. I have a Marlboro <laughs> jacket. Damn it, <laughs> a kid in a Marlboro jacket. I had a sleeping bag. First off, dude, if my kids start talking like with their finger, like. 
Hi, Danny. That's weird, right? Like, That's fucking real weird. I mean, did you ever have an imaginary friend? Or never. I, I never did. I didn't know anybody that did. I just, I would think like something was wrong if my kid was doing that. That voice made me think, <laughs> I don't know why, but it reminded me so much of E.T. Mm. And the weird ass, his voice, like, especially when he's saying like red rum, red rum. I got I got a note on that part later when we get to yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> E.T. phone home. I like it. Um. Yeah, and then this whole story where she's telling, uh, I, I called her Shelly the whole time. Like I could not call her Wendy. Wendy. I kept calling her Shelly. <laughs> but when Wendy's telling the doctor about how Jack, oh, it was an accident. He mm-hmm. didn't mean to do it. Like I'm like, you could tell she didn't even believe what she was saying. Right. Like this dude mm-hmm. is a grade A asshole. That's all I got. What else you got? I think that's it for the beginning. <sighs> all right. Scene two. <laughs> The family arrives. Wendy gushes over the tour of the hotel. Danny sees the girls from the vision while playing darts. They see their little apartment, the 13-foot-high hedge mazes, the empty bar, and they meet Dick Halloran. Dick shows Wendy the huge kitchen. He telepathically, I think that's how you say that, right? Talks to Danny and somehow knows Danny's nickname without being told. Danny and Dick have an ice cream while Jack and Wendy check out the basement. Dick tells Danny that he knows he has the shine. They can have conversations between themselves without actually talking. A lot of people have the shine, but don't know it. Or just don't believe it. Danny tells him about Tony, and he tells him other things. Danny asks Dick if there's something bad at this hotel. He tells him sometimes when bad things happen, they leave a trace that people with the shine can see. Danny asks Dick what happened in room 237. He tells him to stay away from that room. Stay out. A month later, Danny cruises the halls on his, on his big wheel. Wendy brings Jack breakfast in bed. They have an awkward conversation about his writing and deja vu of being in the hotel before. Wendy and Danny walk the hedge maze as Jack goes stir-crazy trying to write. We find out a winter storm is vastly approaching. <sighs> Dude, I would never let my kid... So if Abby and I were to stay at this hotel... Mm-hmm. I would not let him just journey off with this strange man I've never met. Like, yeah, Danny, go hang out with this dick guy who we've never met while we go look in the basement. He's an employee of the hotel. He could be a pervert. He's the chef. It's 1980, Josh. I think that's supposed to just play more into like her being a ditzy person or not really making that connection. All right. I get. Okay. I see what you're saying. I was just like, no, no, don't but do that. But I think that. back then, I mean, other adults were just trusted, especially if it was this kind of situation. Mm, you yeah. just wouldn't think that there would be a problem. Well, now we know there are lots of problems. Yes. Okay. <laughs> a lot of touchy-feely adults, Seth. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put up with it. Okay. Little pervert dick. Not he's a dick. Like, his name is Dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Richard. Richard Halloran. No, not a fucking chance. Um... Yeah. I don't know. What did you what Jess, what'd you think of this set of scenes? Oops. I like muted for a second. Oh, for God's sake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. No, I thought it was good. I, I had the same thought of like, I would never let my kid just venture off like this. But I think it's a good like intro to how like creepy this fucking hotel looks. Mm. So I love it. But I, I'm. I still think it's good so far. I know you hate it, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do think it'd be fucking cool to cruise this hotel on that big wheel. That though. would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be. Or on like a hoverboard. No, a big wheel. Okay, a big wheel. 
That's a lot of working out, though, dude. The hoverboard, you can mm-hmm. just have a cold Miller Lite, cruise the halls, listen to the HMC podcast on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> anywhere you get your sp- Did you your have podcast. a big wheel? I did have a big wheel. Did you? Yeah, I had a He-Man one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's because you were rich. I probably had a Kmart brand. Yeah, I'm sure it was rich. <laughs> I had a Kmart brand big wheel. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I made a couple notes about, I just did not think Wendy was good. See, I all my notes are about Jack. Oh, see, I didn't mind him. She, I thought she was just annoying. Maybe she was supposed to be annoying. I don't know. She I think, was so I think whiny Jess about Jess is right. I think she's supposed to like annoy him. She's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's actually doing really well. I think that was... I agree with Jess now that she said that. I think maybe he was supposed to um, bother her or bother him. Yeah. And clearly she does. But you can also see, like, here that she's doing everything. Like, she's making all the food and the yes. breakfast and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So you're kind of like, okay, he could do something. Like, he, he's, like, sleeping in at this point? Bouncing like, a ball what? around. Yeah. Like, like, why is he sleeping in, bro? She's playing with the kid. He's I not. still feel like it's, like, that time period, too, of, like, I'm the man. I work and do this. You take care of the kid and mm. do everything else. Gender kind of. roles. When you yeah. see that in the beginning when they're getting the tour because they're like, oh, I'm sure, Mrs. Whatever, you'd like to see the kitchen. Yeah. But yeah. She was like, no, bitch, I don't cook. He does. That'd be me. I'd be like, nah, bro, I need to see that kitchen. And then, if, like, if I walked in that freezer and saw all those steaks and lamb chops, mm. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Lord, I'm never leaving, dick. <laughs> A lot of meat, dick. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of meat in here dick god damn what do you say like 46 ribeyes or something yeah it was a lot of meat holy cow i, mean, I do really what? like the scene too like when um dick like telepathically communicates with him he's like you like ice cream doc that's kind of creepy too did they call it him was... doc before he said that because at first i was like why is he calling him doc i know think... that that was the first time it was said oh because I was oh, like, did you hear something? Else? I thought she said it like somewhere in the apartment, like in the beginning, but I don't remember. Uh, see, I didn't catch it. Mm. I also fell asleep a couple times. But nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Jessica. I'm I did kidding. think the shot was really cool of the maze, where it was like him looking at the model, and then it was them walking. Mm. Yes, like, especially for the time, I thought that was pretty well done. I, it was creepy. I liked it, but I wish they would have tied it in later. Because remember, Dan? Oh, I'm jumping ahead again. But at the end, where Danny's in the maze and he's mm-hmm. like chasing him. Yeah. Like, if he could see where they were at within the maze, you think, like, I thought it would have been cool if he just went and looked at the maze and then he could see where he was at. Yeah. But then it would have been changed the end of the movie. But no, I thought it was cool. It's kind of foreshadowing that she takes Danny to the maze because now he kind of knows his way around in there. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. And I was kind of wondering if, like, since he's got the shine, like, if he already kind of like had that figured out anyways. Yeah, he might or have. Something. Oh, yeah. Well, he definitely tricks him at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I'm trying to think. Have you seen the um, the Dr. Sleep movie, Jess? Yeah. I feel like in that movie, doesn't he have more powers than just talking to people that he's around? Because like, can't he do other things? I think so. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah it's he can do other things yeah. like and i actually thought that that was good the movie yeah yeah i like dr sleep i think it's a great i would like to see them redo this um mike flanagan see mike flanagan redo the shining with the yeah. characters from dr sleep because he had the jack nicholson character in dr sleep it's played by somebody else it's played by the guy from um hill house isn't it because he ends up being the bartender oh yeah 
Yeah. So yeah, they could redo it. I think it'd be cool, but what do I know, Seth? Scene three, go, Danny, go. Danny rides his big wheel, stopping at room 237, but doesn't go in. Wendy, Wendy interrupts Jack riding as he acts like a total asshole after she tells him it's going to snow. Uh, he makes a new rule that when he's working, she's not to come into the room and distract him. Later in the week, we see Jack slipping further into madness as the snow covers the ground. Wendy can't dial out on the phones and tries to radio, reaching the police station. The cop tells her that this is the worst storm they've seen in years. The lines will be down until spring and to leave the radio on. Meanwhile, Danny runs into the girls. Again, these are the little girls in the blue dresses. They ask him to play with them. As they talk, he sees them dead lying in the hallway, chopped up with an axe. Days later, we find out Jack has been staying up all night, not sleeping. He and Danny have an awkward moment talking about the hotel and Jack never hurting Danny or Wendy. Not ever again. While downstairs, Wendy hears Jack screaming and grunting uh, and runs up to find him. He's sleeping at his desk. She wakes him up telling telling him uh i'm sorry he tells her he had the most horrible dream he'd killed her and danny he didn't just kill them he cut them up into little pieces he's clearly losing his fucking mind by the way uh danny walks in sucking his thumb and wendy finds bruises on his neck as jack stares at them blankly wendy screams that jack did this and calls him a son of a bitch running off he looks very very confused as he does for most of the movie I don't know, dude. I just do not like Jack Nicholson as this character. Like that scene on the bed where they're talking about. I that ne- was creepy. I never hurt you, Danny. You know that, right? And like his eyes. He's like. He plays a good creepy dude, though. I, I think he's a good villain. Like I, he just plays the role well. Like his facial expressions mm-hmm. and his mannerisms. I feel like they're on point for somebody that's going fucking crazy. And like that shot where he's just staring out the window at them and he looks like he looks like fucking crazy. Like Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think he does a great job of being crazy. I just feel like he is crazy the whole movie. Yeah, like, he should have been a little, little bit more like upbeat in the beginning. Yeah, because when he's talking to when they first he first goes to that interview at the hotel, he's like making the same mannerisms and like his mm. eyes get all weird when he talks and like he was never just like a normal dude. That's true. Because, like, even when he's having that conversation with Danny, because doesn't Danny go to get, like, his fire truck or something out of the... Mm-hmm. And she says, don't wake up your dad? Yeah. Like, it's the same... Like, I don't know. I just thought it was... There's, like, no character arc for me. No, I can see I can see that. However, Jess, I agree he's fucking creepy as shit. <laughs> I just think he's he is supposed to already be, like, this kind of asshole, like abusive maybe not all the time but because he drinks it like makes it yeah. worse i i don't know that he was ever really like that happy of a person to begin with mm-hmm. so do you think rather than him going there in the hotel bringing this out in him he really is this person already and he's there and just can't get away from it yeah okay i can agree with that i think in that light i might actually like it more there you go <laughs> thank you jess i just yeah. feel again because probably because i've read the book but i feel like i want him to be me because i want everybody to be me seth mm-hmm. huh, the world were full of me's Could god you imagine? no oh, lord <laughs> get there love my kids love my wife hide your kids hide your wife and then all of a sudden this hotel takes over and i'm like this not great person terrible mean person but in that aspect maybe the hotel doesn't bring it out in him it just 
surfaces. Showcases it. Showcases it. Wow. Yes. I did really like the scene where Danny's playing with the cars and that ball rolls in. Mm-hmm. Like, how fucking creepy would that be? Yeah. Like, and you look up and there's nobody there. And that giant room, you're like, uh, okay. I think this That's whole what makes place it even more creepy too is it's just such a big space mm. and yes that's, that's what i was getting ready to say i think this whole place is creepy just to be like when you think about it because their apartment is tiny yeah in comparison to the entire but all these rooms and yeah don't they have a kitchen in their apartment like there's a refrigerator then do they not have a stove I think there was like maybe a little tiny one oh yeah. like, why is she cooking downstairs and bringing all this food up yeah. yeah, I think they just had like a little kitchen net type area in their apartment, but it yeah. wasn't like a full scale thing. And at this point in the movie, like if you'd never seen this, I guess, or don't know it, like Wendy's the only one who's like holding it together right now. Like oh, for Danny's sure. seeing shit, Jack's losing it. Yeah. She's like the only one that's like still with it. Right. But now I'm wondering like if what Jess said, if they're like, if they did this to discount her, because like... I, it, Granted, if you'd never seen it before, you wouldn't really know what was going on. If you never read the book, mm-hmm. because it kind of makes him seem like the stable one, or they want you to think he's like the stability in the family, but really it's kind of her. Yeah. Even though she is kind of ditzy and spazzy, but at this point, like she's the only one that's not having issues. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You son of a bitch. I thought that was so fucking funny. Because <laughs> he just looks at her like she's stupid. And she's like yelling at him. Um, so the little girls uh, that he keeps seeing, they're clearly the caretaker's daughters, right? Yes. The eight and the mm-hmm. 10-year-old. Because I've always mm-hmm. thought they were twins. Oh, but, I guess I always thought they were too. But I don't think that they are. I think they're supposed to be uh, Grady, the caretaker's eight and 10-year-old daughters, I think. Yeah, because he... That- Killed him with an axe, right? Shot them up with an axe. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when you see it, like, flash to the floor pictures, you can tell, like, they're laying on the floor and somebody clearly, like, axed yeah. them. Well, Jess, I have to stop calling them the twins from The Shining, then. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. It's gonna change my whole world. Them creepy-ass girls, how about that? Them creepy-ass little ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, at this point in the movie, though, I'm sorry, I would be out of this place, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Get, get me out of here. But, okay, scene four, Jack enters the gold room. Jack sits down at the bar saying he'd sell his soul for a goddamn beer. Suddenly, Lloyd, a bartender, appears, pours him a glass of bourbon, and, and they discuss how things could be going a little better. He tells Lloyd there's a problem with the old sperm bank, <laughs> a.k.a. Wendy. Ac- I made a note about that. <laughs> accusing him of hurting Danny. He wouldn't hurt him. He loves that little son of a bitch. As long as he lives, Wendy will never let him forget what happened. He did hurt him once though it was just an accident three years ago could have happened to anybody suddenly wendy runs into the bar she tells danny uh she tells him danny went into one of the bedrooms there was a crazy lady in one of the bathtubs she tried to strangle danny we see that there's no bartender or bourbon in front of jack he was clearly envisioning the whole thing Meanwhile, Dick Halloran sees the winter storm is approaching the Overlook while he's watching the Weather Channel or an emergency TV broadcast of some sort. He sees what happened to Danny in room 237. However, Jack goes to check room 237, finds a young, naked woman. They begin to kiss. She turns into an old, decaying woman who laughs and slowly follows him out of the room. Dick tries to uh, call the hotel, finding out that the lines are down. (gasps) This was your scene. You'd never seen this before. No. 
talk me through it. Were you were you uh, turned on by it? Yes, sexually. <laughs> Especially when we see the old lady and she starts chasing him, cackling. It was weird, yeah. <laughs> this was pretty good. I like this. We had to keep in mind it was what nineteen? Is this 1980? 1980. Yeah. I mean, it was good. creepy. I just don't remember ever seeing that part. I just like how she was like this beautiful woman, mm-hmm. and then like he all this like starts making out with her, like not even thinking about it, and mm. then all of a sudden she's this old decrepit, nasty, decaying woman. woman. Did this not all like remind you so much of Ghost Ship? Oh yeah, especially uh, when yes. we get to the ballroom scene when it's like the twenties again. That yeah. was very Ghost Shippy. They clearly took a lot from this. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, do we get any backstory on this lady? No. Mm-mm. I assume it's the caretaker's wife. Oh. But why she looks all pretty, I don't know at first. Yeah, I don't know. But I assumed it was her. Because didn't he drown her in the bathtub? I agree with you. I don't remember. Hmm. That would make sense as to why that was her, though. I thought that's what they said. I Jess, do you know? I think because, yeah, and her body just was left there, and that's why it looked all fucking, like, mm, nasty, decayed. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Um, and then we see that Dick Halloran can basically <laughs> see what's going on with Danny at this point. <laughs> Dick's place looks like a fucking swingers pad with all those naked chicks on the wall. And like, <laughs> Were there naked chicks on the yes, wall? Yes, like I every did. painting was some, like, naked woman. <laughs> It was. There was one like over top of his entertainment area, <laughs> yeah. and then there was like one behind his bed. Really? Yeah. And then he's like listening to the radio in like that bar. It looks like a swingers pad. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty there funny. There were women in like different like poses. <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of titties. <laughs> was there really? Yeah, I don't know. You didn't see it. Oh man. They were huge pictures. <laughs> like well, there wasn't like yeah. off in the background. It was like right there. Damn it! I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Mm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Scene five. I didn't see one goddamn thing, Wendy. Jack lies and tells Wendy that he didn't see anything in the room, and it was the right room, by the way. Wendy asks about the bruises. Jack says he thinks that Danny did it to himself, and he convinces her of the same thing. While they're talking, Danny uses his shine to hear their conversation. Wendy wants to leave the hotel, and Jack gets angry, telling her that... He's let her fuck up his entire life thus far, but not this time, Wendy. Jack heads back to the gold room after kicking over some food trays in the hallway, finding that there's a ballroom party happening as he asks for another bourbon. He's told his money's no good at the hotel. Orders from the house. Drink up, Mr. Torrance. He gets up and the server accidentally spills advocate. What is that? I don't know. Okay, me either. Spills it on his jacket. They go to the restroom, clean him up, and he finds out the server's name is Mr. Grady, the same man that killed his family back in 1970. Jack confronts him, and Grady tells Jack that he was never the caretaker. Jack's always been the caretaker. He should know this. He's always been here. Grady then tells Jack that Danny is attempting to bring Dick into the situation. He has a great talent that he's using against them. Jack tells Grady that it's Wendy, and Grady suggests that he has a stern talking with both of them. He then tells Jack that the girls tried to burn the hotel down. He corrected them, and that pesky wife, too. This was very ghost shippy. Yeah. Yes. Um, first off, let's jump back to when he lies to... Shelly slash oh, Wendy. Wendy. And she's just like, oh, yeah, it probably is Danny hurting himself. I'm like, are you crazy, lady? Like, this guy is clearly off his rocker. And you're just like, you know what? It's probably the little boy. Yep, it's a little boy. Yep. 
she's trying to justify it i guess you know i think that happened a lot back in those times i think that probably that, that it happened a lot mm-hmm. which is crazy to me i mean you have to remember she also knows she's like stuck here mm-hmm. so she's probably trying to like make herself feel better about it i guess like oh it can't be him he can't be losing it you know i guess and she looks at jack as like the the you know he's taking care of the family and he's like the uh he, he couldn't be crazy even though he's clearly crazy but he makes it like everything seem like it's her fault so she's probably like is it maybe i am the problem That's what I, was say. I feel like maybe he kind of has her like a little bit conditioned or like brainwashed mm-hmm. yeah you're right i could see that mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense in light of the things that happen and yeah we'll happen here in a minute but yeah i was just like oh my god she's nuts but again i'm looking at it from like 2022 right where yeah. like mm-hmm. my wife would be like dude you are out of your mind yeah she's like yes you're probably right let me get my big fucking ashy cigarette out <laughs> <laughs> now, this bathroom scene was very uncomfortable oh uh, yeah dude i was like what <laughs> i was like wow even in 1980 i was like three times they said huh. they said it i was like jess this is just the second movie where she's just dropping bad language on us jess but oh, even, please. even that aside i kept like waiting for something to happen because i couldn't remember what happened in this scene yeah it was weird because again he like i think it's his eyes like Mm-hmm. Jack's eyes because he's talking to him and he's like making all these weird like expressions and I'm like it's his brows too like yes yeah. it's the brows the way they move yeah 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 hey Jess do you think that um that Chris Pratt movie got any inspiration from <laughs> this movie the one where Chris they're on Pratt. the the one where they're on the ship him and uh I forget her name but remember he wakes her up early and then oh. and he talks to the bartender like he's by himself hanging out with a robot bartender yeah it's like I identical to this i was like they totally yeah. ripped this off yeah have you seen i that? really think that there are a lot of movies so. that have pulled things from this oh i'm I sure see little similarities like here and there but th- that was like blatant i was like this is yeah. just like mm-hmm. that chris pratt movie hmm. um i can't remember the like, gal's name from it they're on a spaceship. Jennifer yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. They're on a spaceship going somewhere, and he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they he gets out of the pod too early. Yeah, and yeah. then what? Well, spoiler alert! He also wakes her up too early. Yeah. He doesn't tell her that till the end. But right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but passengers. That, is that the name of it? Yeah. Wow, look at passengers. you, passengers. Yeah, but that whole bar scene from that is like totally ripped this off. Yeah. I was like, wow! Like they didn't even try to hide it. Mm-mm. Oh, good for you. So who are we supposed to think Mr. Grady is at this point? If Jack was the caretaker. Mm-hmm. A server, maybe? Maybe they bring everybody back. If Jess's theory is correct, which I don't know if it is or isn't, I'm going to say that it is because I tend to agree with Jess in most situations. So let's say her theory is correct. They bring these people who are reincarnated people from the hotel back. Maybe Mr. Grady was the bartender, the server, and they brought him back as the caretaker. Hmm. But maybe Jack was actually the caretaker, but he came back this time because they needed, that's what they bring everybody back as, the caretaker. Hmm. That's how they get you. That's how they get you there. How they get you. That's how they get you in the door. Interesting. I've never been the caretaker, Mr. Torrance. You've I always. ain't never been the caretaker at this here motel. They <laughs> should do like a Super 8, like Holiday Inn Express version of this movie. <laughs> That should be like the Drake. With hillbillies. Yeah. The Drake. Yes. That'd be good. One of the, those kind of motels. 
Welcome yes. back, Mr. Torrance. I hear you're writing you in book. <laughs> we ain't got no guests, just live in residence. <laughs> All right. Scene six. Wendy plans an escape. Wendy paces a room, coming up with a plan to leave to make it down the mountain. Suddenly, she hears Danny yelling, Rad Rob. <laughs> I can't even do it. In his Tony voice, telling her Danny's not here. Jack hears the police calling on the radio, to which he takes out fuses so it will no longer work. The police notify Dick that they couldn't reach him, uh, causing Dick to fly from Florida to Colorado. Back at the Overlook, Jack is typing as Dick's plane lands, and he sets up the snowcat. So uh, basically what happens is Dick calls one of his friends and he sets up to rent like a snowcat which is basically a what like a modified ATV so it can ride on snow. Yeah it's got like kind of looks like bulldozer type tracks to Mm-hmm. drive through the snow right because the car won't get up there right. basically is what's going on because the storms block the road uh wendy looks for jack finding his typewriter and a piece of paper that says all work and no play makes jack a dull boy jack sneaks up asking her if she likes his story danny uses his shine to listen to their conversation as jack says they need to discuss danny and what should be done with the boy wendy cries walking backwards saying she thinks he should be taken to a doctor jack mocks her making fun of her following her around the room and as she she like backs up and like is crying and she's like gripping a baseball bat but i never saw where she picked up the baseball bat did either of you i have no idea where it came from i thought she picked it up before she like was walking into the room and saw his book and everything okay well that would make sense because i'm like where did this bat come from but okay maybe i just wasn't paying attention uh, she walks backwards up a set of stairs and ye- as he yells at her, uh, blaming her again for all of his problems. As she begs for a chance to think things over, he tells her he's not going to hurt her. He's just going to bash her brains in. He goes to grab the bat and she hits him in the head with it, knocking him backward down the stairs. She drags him and locks him in a kitchen storage room, grabbing a knife. He promises if she lets him out, he'll act like nothing ever happened. Dude, Seth, I got a question for you here. Yeah. How come this airplane ride the dick is on looks so much more comfortable than the airplanes I ride on? Because it was 1980. They were better planes? They were the same. Well, airline deregulation happened in like 78 when they actually had to compete for pricing. Uh Uh-huh. So that's when the seats started getting more cramped and... I'm like, damn, Dick. Dick's got like a lazy boy. I'm like, shit, I'm in there. I'm like crunched up in here with two fat people on each side of me. And I'm like, I'll take take a coffee over here, please. Well, because before that, and I may not explain this right, but the airlines were regulated. So they were assigned certain places they were allowed to fly. So there wasn't really competition. So the planes, like they weren't trying to make so much, you know. Profit. They could, the plane tickets were really expensive then, but everything was nice. They had like lounges in them and stuff. Oh, not now where you can fly from Dayton Then they deregulated Chicago it and they had to compete with like Southwest who was cheap. So then they had to pack all those people in there. And, gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That but answers yes, that question. They Thank were you. nicer though. Because I was like, wow, look at that big old, big old seat. On that Continental DC-10. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> yes. It's impressive that you know your airline so well. Uh, Jess, here's where I have a positive note. I said Jack does great in this scene, acting insane, because he literally is insane at this point in the movie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I thought he did a great job here. <laughs> she, on the other hand, is obnoxious as shit. She needs to pull her fucking shit together with this bat and everything. No. <laughs> no. Like, it's, like her wrists are all loose, and she's like, eh, like... <laughs> 
fucking just hold the damn bat and like hit him or something. Jesus. Do it again. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I read like where she talks about how it was such a terrible experience making this movie because she mm. was literally terrified. Like, oh really? Time. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the director was mean to her and shit. Really? Yeah, he was like the yeah. hardest on her. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I feel bad that I'm making fun but of her. She's now. just as bad with the damn knife later. It's like <sighs> the same. Yeah. Did you think the whole time he was in that closet, they had that long like rod coming out toward him that he could just push it and it would open him and in the rod and he could just push it and it would open the door. Like, I think she locked it though from the outside. Mm-hmm. I just thought there would be a way to get out. Like normally there. Well, I know when there's a freezer there is, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure about a. I will say this is I think Jack Nicholson did a great job in the scene mm. acting crazy because I would have been afraid of him as well. However, she acted like a complete psycho as well, not really helping herself any. But, uh, but that hit to the head and then mm. when he tumbles down the mm-hmm. stairs. It was pretty, it was pretty comical. <laughs> I was like, no. Do you think it was a real person? No, it didn't look like it. It looked like a sack no. of taters. Yeah. Sack of taters. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm like Jackie turned into some taters. Hey, this act taters. Tater soup. <laughs> now I love the scene <laughs> where she finds the papers. Yeah, I thought that was really creepy. It would be and creepy. like flipping through them, like seeing yeah. like how many times he read that. Especially since it wasn't just written out on the page; it was written differently on every page. Like he was typing like paragraphs and but it was just the same shit over and over like he yeah. thought he was writing a book yes. but really he was writing the same thing yes that is creepy but i just thought it was creepy now she looked at it like probably 10 minutes longer than she needed to i don't know that she can yeah. read very well Seth. <laughs> like i like i think you verified it's all the same thing but she just yeah. kept like well maybe not it. i mean maybe he didn't let her learn how to read maybe might not have he's kind of a prick kind i think not. that still channels into the fact that she doesn't believe things are happening yeah like She's yeah. like, I can't believe this. So she just keeps like looking through it and like. Right. But I mean, if you I were in that situation, would you really think that like, like, no, this supernatural hotel is not here. Like he is just like losing his mind. Yeah. And, like it's not. Yeah. So I can relate. Like I would also feel the same way because I don't necessarily believe in that kind of stuff. So like I would be like, this dude's losing his fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. And she was smart to lock him in the storeroom. I'm not convinced she'd be able to drag him all the way there. But I was thinking that she could barely swing the baseball bat accurately. So I don't know how she drugged Big Jackie Daddy. She's down a the, pretty petite lady. I don't know how she drug old Tater Salad down the. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But at least she clocked him. She, she hit him pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Scene seven. Wendy ain't going anywhere. She tells him she's going to take Danny to Sidewinder, which is the town down the mountain, in the snowcat. But Jack tells her, go check out the snowcat and the radio, which she does, finding that he's dismantled both of them. Jack has a conversation with Grady locked in the storage closet. He asks for one chance to prove himself. Grady lets him out of the storage closet, which I do not understand. Uh, and he gives his word that he will take care of Wendy. We see Dick is approaching the Overlook in a snowcat. Somehow Wendy fell asleep, which again, I don't understand. <laughs> I have a note about that. Like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed. 
<laughs> Danny walks around the apartment saying red rum, talking as Tony, carrying a knife and writing red rum and lipstick. Wendy wakes up, sees red rum in the mirror, which read backwards is, spells murder. Just as Jack starts to axe the apartment door open and Wendy locks herself and Danny in the bathroom. She gets the small window in the bathroom cracked enough to slide Danny down a large snow mountain, but not enough to fit herself through. Jack axes the door and says his famous line, here's Johnny. Uh, and is interrupted by the sound of Dick approaching in the snowcat. Jack leaves to find Dick. Dick slowly walks through the halls of the hotel yelling like an idiot as Jack jumps out from behind a wall and immediately thrusts the axe into his chest. Wendy leaves the apartment looking for Danny, hearing what sounds like chanting. She sees a man in a dog costume messing around with a man in a suit. I think he was blowing him. I don't know. This is all, <laughs> again, this also made me fucking <laughs> chuckle because I was like, what is going on here? And Jack heads outside after Danny. Okay, so Jess, how did he get out of this fucking storage unit? That was my question. He just busted out of there. Okay. That's plot <laughs> so, whole city. Superhuman but... possession strength. Well, we hear it unlock, supposedly, but does that not really happen? Here's my, my problem, is that I feel like there's two separate things going on here. Either, because I feel like they're trying to make you feel like the hotel isn't possessed it's him going crazy right mm-hmm. but then the hotel can let him out of the storage unit so i'm like how but see then i was thinking because now danny's like being all weird like did he unlock it so you think danny was possessed and unlocked the as tommy did he do it no i don't think that would be the case no i don't know because this is when he's running around going Murder. so i didn't know if like maybe he i don't know I don't know. Big plot hole for me. Either Jeff, a ghost did it or someone really else did it. I think like, we're supposed to believe Grady let him out, right? Look, Jess is like, let me hop in here, boys. Good. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, I, as far as I know, I think it's the hotel. Like it just lets him out of the room. I agree with you. I think the hotel is. Yes. I think it was the hotel that let him out Okay, because they want him to kill Wendy and not Grady. Danny. 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 And I would have done exactly what Wendy did and just gone to bed. <laughs> that, okay, yeah, let's talk She's about that. She's exhausted. She just, still can't believe what she just <laughs> fucking saw. She, maybe she was like, had a headache and she had to yeah, lay down. Saw that bat swinging. I was like, you're shitting me. This woman know. is asleep? It was kind of weird. We just cut to it and she's in bed. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> well, what you have to also think, she probably doesn't think he's going to get out of there. Mm. So she's like, okay, at least he's safe and like walked away. Who the fuck else is going to come out there to help her? She's probably just overwhelmed and yeah, Maybe yeah. Because I mean, she can't radio. He killed the radio. Mm-hmm. He killed the snowcat. So okay, you know what, Jess? I I don't know that I would fall asleep. Maybe she's heavily medicated. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But she definitely. But at uh, least she got Danny out the window. Well, hang on. Before we get to that, dude, this fucking red rum scene, I did not remember how funny this was. I started laughing. Did you laugh too? Especially when he walked up to her and went, murder! (laughs) (laughs) I actually rewound it twice. I was like, no, I can't think it's as funny. And then each time I was like, it got a little funnier. Red rum, red rum. I just do wonder if that was him or if at some point they did like a voiceover because his voice does kind of change, but like goes up really high. Mm. It sounds a lot like the exorcist voice. 
Yeah. It sounds a lot like that, which was around the same period. But it does sound similar to when he's doing it at the mm-hmm. apartment at the beginning, so maybe it is him. It's just funny when he's like saying that he goes up and like screams it at her. Yeah. Well, they always <laughs> said they never told this kid he was in a horror movie. They, they never like put that on him. But I don't know how at this point he wouldn't realize that he was in a movie like this. Like I don't know. Like my kids would know. They'd be like, oh, this is a... I also wear shirts with ghost face on them around the house so yeah you know my club and shirt and when he needs to get a fucking grip in this bathroom with the knife yeah she does stab him though yeah but she is like hysterical <laughs> i still think she could have fit i here's i didn't understand so she opens the window but the snow mound is at the bottom of the window so the snow mound is like 30 feet high yeah it's huge up to the window there mm-hmm. and then danny slides down it which look like fun sure she cannot get the window open the rest of the way to get out but there's like a good six inches at the top and like, i know i know six inches seth i know you do yeah <laughs> i just took it as it looked like an old window because there's windows in my house that won't go all the way up but what's yeah. stopping it just was probably was painted or who knows okay all right i mean she was pretty skinny she probably she could have totally fit though all right i'm i'm nitpicking at this point i'm being a bitch about it i'm gonna stop and that weird shit in the bedroom with that dog costume like yeah what was that jess talk us through the dog (laughs) costume i'm not really sure what that was either clearly i think that was just one of those things where it was almost like showing to her like this shit's really happening Mm. you're seeing this right now i mean it was it was creepy like if you saw that yeah especially when it like looks at her he was definitely blowing that guy right yeah yeah. okay see i think this plays into what the overlook was in the book and again somebody i'm sure somebody's gonna write me and tell me how stupid i am but i think that that is what they were doing at the overlook like they this hotel is where like all these people went to do like stuff like that like all this stuff happened at the overlook uh, and then i'm pretty sure it all got covered up like mm-hmm. i think people did that die there sense. and then it got covered up and like things mm. happened there like people went there and did things they didn't want other people to know they were doing mm. and then it got covered up so it's a house of ill repute like the the only thing mm-hmm. is it's probably a terrible fucking uh comparison the only thing i can think of is like epstein's island like where they did things there they didn't I want see, other people yeah. to know about like high up people and then it like got covered up or blackmailed or whatever. So they went there to go fuck around. I don't, and again, I'd have to read the book again. I don't remember fully, but I'm pretty sure that's what the purpose of the hotel was, or at least that's what it yeah. did. I mean, it was creepy, but like, I feel like it wasn't explained very well because we didn't yeah. see any of that before. And it was just like, what the fuck did where'd this come from? Yeah. That was kind of out of left field. And then Dick Halloran, Jess, so is his only purpose to get there to distract Jack so he can die? I think so. I was like, man, poor Dick. He flew all the way there on that very nice mm-hmm. airplane he probably spent a lot of money on. <laughs> and he walks through the hall screaming and then, sapow. Yeah, I was sad. That acts to the chest, though, huh? Yeah. Wow. He was the savior. And did you hear, like, chanting when she saw that dog head thing. I have like, it written down here. I don't really remember because I watched it so long like, ago. Like, do you think there was like a culty thing going on there? Well, it's the, the hotel is built on an in, uh, Native American mm-hmm. burial ground. Which I wonder I if they were doing weird worshipy shit with it or something. Maybe. maybe. Mm. But I think it plays into that. Cause I think they actually mentioned that later, don't they? In the beginning? Or in the beginning, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they had to like extract some of the remains didn't they mm-hmm. yes that's true they did say that um and i think again in the book i think and the book's huge i love how every time i talk about a book i look over at my bookshelf uh the book is huge anything else before we get into the final scene did we see the ballroom with the skeletons in it 
Not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, scene eight. The final scene. The chase. The chase. Jack chases Danny through the snow into the hedge maze. Wendy fumbles her way through the hotel, finding dead dick and a bloody man holding a cocktail in a room full of skeletons, which is what Seth just talked about. Jack continues to scream as he chases Danny through the hedge maze. As Danny notices that he's leaving footprints in the snow that Jack is following, so he brilliantly backtracks in his own footsteps uh, so that the footsteps stop. Wendy stops in front of a red elevator. The door... Uh, this is the, the elevator from earlier, which I don't think I talked about, but that's where the doors open and all the blood comes out of the elevator. Yeah, famous you know, snip from the movie. It is. Yes. Um, she looks shocked as we see Jack makes it to the end of Danny's footprints in the snow, screaming for Danny. After Jack walks by Danny, he jumps out and follows the footprints back out of the maze where he finds Wendy holding a knife. They get into Dick Halloran's snowcat and drive away as Jack stumbles his way around the hedge maze, screaming for help. Cut to daylight and we see Jack frozen to death in the snow. The camera zooms through the hotel to a picture where we see that Jack is in the front of the picture, front and center, and the picture is labeled Overlook Hotel July 4th Ball, 1921. The end. Danny was smart. He was smart, dude. That was brilliant that he like walked in his own footsteps mm-hmm. back out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score during these chase scenes was awesome. It reminded me of like a remix of Psycho. Like they took the Psycho score, but like remixed it. And I don't know if maybe they did that, but um, one of the notes I have is that the score for the final scene was really great. But yeah, so Danny was pro. This is probably my favorite Danny scene because like, and I don't want to be mean, but Danny doesn't seem that smart. No, it's a little weird. It's a little odd of a kid. Got the finger thing going on. Uh. But to to do that, that was pretty smart. Jess, what do you think of the final scene? I love it. It's probably like my favorite part, obviously. But like, I think Danny, like, I don't know if it's that he's not smart. I just think that he's trying to probably figure out what the how to deal with this stuff. That's true because he is young. Yeah, and he's obviously already had this like imaginary friend and whatnot for a while. So I just think it's that combined with the hotel and everything else, it's probably hard for him to <laughs> right. like take that in. But yeah, I love the maze scene. I, I thought still that Jack Nicholson was played this part so well, like running after him, his yelling, like it just seemed so realistic and fucking creepy. And that scene of him at the end where he's frozen in the snow is also really good because mm-hmm. you see he's basically froze to death. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny because if I'm remembering correctly, I think in the book he blows, the hotel blows up at the end of the book, I believe. I don't think, I think he goes in and the boiler blows up, which is funny because he freezes mm-hmm. to death in this, but hmm. blows up in the book. But um, that would be scary as shit being lost in that fucking maze. Wouldn't you at some point just start going through the hedges? I mean, if they're thick enough, you couldn't. You couldn't go just go no. through them. Uh-uh. I haven't thought that too, but I was like, it's probably so cold that it would just be like hitting like yeah. ice. That's yeah, but he has an axe, but at that point, it probably wouldn't even do much good. He needs one of your electric bush trimmers, Seth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they made a horror movie about you, you'd be the um, green environmentalist battery-operated hedge bush trimmer guy. Mm-hmm. That's how you kill people. <laughs> okay. You just like slowly cut through their throat with your bush trimmers. Nobody I can like see the battery-operated bush trimmer. I have the same ones. No. They don't have to plug shit in. <laughs> I know. The problem is I never remember to plug the battery in. The bat. 
Trey. Then I'm like, damn it. So then I got to mow. This is a not an exciting conversation. No. Um, anything else before we jump into fun facts with Seth? No, just the picture was creepy at the end. It kind of ties it together. Oh, that goes back to your theory, Jess, yeah. that he was a member of the hotel before, correct? Yes. And he's featured like prominent front and center of the picture. So I wonder if he was like somebody like big. Yeah, which makes me wonder if maybe he wasn't the caretaker then. Who was he in the book? I don't think that's part of the book. Oh, it's not. Oh. I don't believe so. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Anyway, let's jump over to fun facts with Seth. For the scene in which Jack breaks down the bathroom door, the props department built a door that could be easily broken. However, Jack Nicholson had worked as a volunteer fire marshal and tore it apart far too easily. They had uh, were forced to build a stronger door. Really? Because he's so strong. He's so buff. He's like buff daddy Jack daddy yeah. Jack Jack <laughs> daddy. Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall have expressed open resentment against the reception of this film, feeling that critics and audiences credited Stanley Kubrick solely for the film's success without considering the efforts of the actors, crew, or the strength of Stephen King's underlying material. Wow. Nicholson and Duvall have said that the film was one of the hardest of their careers. Uh, In fact, Nicholson considers Duvall's performance the most difficult role he's ever seen an actress take on. Duvall also considers her performance the hardest of her life. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he wasn't a fan of Stanley either. Or he didn't like that, that Stanley got all the credit. Right. Okay. Now the stuff I've read, it doesn't sound like this guy's like that well liked. Stanley Kubrick? Like oh, in the industry, maybe. Mm, maybe he's a prick. <laughs> uh, to get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood, he was fed only cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he hates. Really? <laughs> That's what we're- <laughs> well, he seems agitated through the whole freaking movie. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. There were so many changes to the script during shooting. A scene change was made almost daily that Jack Nicholson claimed he stopped reading it. He would read only the new pages that were given to him each day. Nicholson also said that eventually when presented with the revised scene, he would throw it in the trash knowing another one was coming anyway. Wow. Yeah. So this whole movie sounds miserable to make. I don't know if I put it on here, but it said it took like a year to film. Oh, really? There were so many rewrites. and Yeah. Sheesh. <clears throat> The throwing around the tennis ball inside the Overlook Hotel was Jack Nicholson's idea. The script originally only specified that Jack is not working. (laughs) Clearly he was not. (laughs) Uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, known for his compulsiveness and numerous retakes, got the difficult shot of blood pouring from the elevator in only three takes. This would be unremarkable if it weren't for the fact that the shot took nine days to set up. Every time the doors opened and the blood poured out, Kubrick would say, it doesn't even look like blood. In the end, the shot took approximately a year to get right. A year? That's what it says. For the one shot? They must have, must have done it like three times over the year. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, you have to wow. clean all that shit up. Huh. Shelley Duvall suffered from nervous exhaustion throughout the filming, including physical illness and hair loss. Wow. Yeah. Poor gal. I feel bad for her I now. Know, and now. I was kind of mean to her Me during too. this whole thing. <laughs> Poor Shell. Uh, the snowy maze near the end... Uh, of the movie consists of 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. Wow. It's not very environmental. No, I wouldn't say. Uh, as he lived in England, Stanley Kubrick was not at all familiar with the Here's Johnny line from The Tonight Show uh, that Jack Nicholson improvised. He very nearly didn't use it. Oh, that's like the famous line from the movie next yeah. to Red Rum Murder. Stephen King was quite disappointed in the final film. While admitting that Stanley Kubrick's visuals were stunning, he said that... Uh, 
was surface and not substance. He often described the film as a fancy car without an engine. Dude, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, see, I haven't read the book, but from what you're saying. Uh, (laughs) That was that laugh. That was that laugh, everybody, that I was talking about. (laughs) There it is. Despite Stanley Kubrick's fierce demands on everyone, Jack Nicholson admitted to having a good working relationship with him. It was with Shelley Duvall that he was a completely different director. He allegedly picked on her more than anyone else, as seen in the documentaries, blah, blah, blah. He would really lose his temper with her, even going as far as to say that she was wasting the time of everyone on the set. She later reflected that he was probably pushing her to her limits to get the best out of her and that she wouldn't trade that experience for anything, but it was not something she ever wished to repeat. Really? Yeah. I wonder if he was just trying to get her flustered and upset because that's how she was supposed or to like be acting. Or like scared and nervous. But still. I wonder if that happens a lot. I bet you that it does happen a lot where people try to push people into that mind frame. Probably. And back then it probably wasn't that regulated. Mm. Uh, Stanley Kubrick decided that having the hedge animals come alive, as they do in the book, was unworkable due to restrictions and special effects. So he opted, I forgot that. So he opted for the hedge maze instead. Yeah, because there is no maze in the book. It's the hedge animals. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Jack, like, cuts them. What's oh. that noise? This? Oh, sorry. Uh, much like the casting of the character Jack, Stephen King also disliked the casting of Shelley Duvall as Wendy. This is what we were talking about before. Mm. King said that he envisioned Wendy as being a blonde former cheerleader type who never had to deal with any true problems in her life, making her experience in the Overlook all more terrifying. He felt that Duvall was too emotionally vulnerable and appeared to have gone through a lot in her life, basically the exact opposite of how he pictured the character. So it doesn't sound like Kubrick talked to Stephen King at all about this movie. Doesn't sound like it. No. Uh, Stephen King tried to talk Stanley Kubrick out of casting Jack Nicholson in the lead, suggesting instead either Michael Morardi, Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is, or John Voight. King had felt that watching either of these normal-looking men gradually descend into madness would have immensely improved the dramatic thrust of the storyline. That's what I said. Yeah, kind of. I'm a genius, guys. Tell me how just tell me how smart I am, please. No. Thank you. Deal. (laughs) Last one. Sorry, these are all these were all long. This one's short. Uh, Stephen King has never understood why people find this movie so scary. Uh, Stephen King <laughs> and I, you know, uh, we don't agree on a lot. We agree on some stuff here today. That concludes that long ass <laughs> segment. Fun facts, facts with Seth. We call it long ass facts with Seth. Yeah. Well, this movie obviously would have a lot of fun facts, and it did. Uh, it's a very popular movie. I gotta yeah. tell you, very popular. Let's do some HMC favorites. Jess, what was your favorite scene or scene from the movie? have a couple Uh-oh. <laughs> um wendy sang the blood pouring out of the elevators that's one of my favorites um the bathroom axe scene is one of my favorites and then i said the maze runner scene <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a movie on its own maze runner it is a movie isn't it kite runner oh no, that's a book i don't know i think there is one called maze runner I don't know i've been wrong before show, what about you big boy what was your favorite scene or scenes? i had a couple too Ooh. um when she discovers the papers okay. they all work and no play the old lady in the bathtub scene, just because I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the ballroom scene, the ghost shippy one. Mm-hmm. And then where she sees that dog thing blowing the guy in the... You like that. I it knew you so, like that. Well, the BJ was nice, but that was just so creepy. <laughs> Did you order a suit? Yeah. 
But like when he when he stops, and like turns and looks at her, it's like, oh, yeah. that would be fucking scary. We're to gonna see. go over to Seth's and he's gonna be walking around with that dog suit. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what's up, guys? Come here, Josh. <laughs> have, <laughs> a, have a seat in the recliner. Give me the three inches, Josh. Uh, for me, my favorite scene was the um the stairwell scene where she's walking up mm. back when he's acting nuts because he does a great job in oh, that the scene. erratic bat movements yeah well not from her but mostly from <laughs> his standpoint but yes I, I enjoyed that uh, and then the hedge maze scene at the end I thought what they did with Danny was really smart where they have him walk backward through his footprints to, to trick Jack so uh, I don't, dude, can we skip favorite kill because there really wasn't one yeah I put N.A. Yeah. perfect thing you liked about the movie Jess um, more than anything, I just I love the setting of this movie and like the 70s, 80s, like aesthetic of the hotel and the intense maze. And I just I love how it was shot. And I love uh, Jack's descent into madness. Mm. What about you? I like the premise of the movie. Um, I also really like the hotel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I just like I mean, how eerie it was just being this giant empty hotel in the right. nowhere was creepy. And it was, I liked how a lot of the scenes were just quiet. Because it was realistic, like how yeah. it would really be. So, yes, I like the premise. Um, and then Jess, I, I got this after Jess said it, but I do like the setting of it. I really do think it looks good, and the, just that there's and they do a great job of showing you how secluded the hotel mm-hmm. is, which um, I guess I never caught on before. But I think they do a great job. And then honestly, Jack's acting is really good when he's crazy. I just mm-hmm. my nitpick with it is he does it the whole time versus seeing like that character arc which there's not so i guess i already jumped into mine what i don't like about it is that you don't see that character arc with jack to where he's normal and then mm-hmm. descends into madness i feel like the guy's just fucking crazy and maybe the hotel brings it out of him more but i just don't feel like you had that where you get to see that happen but jess what's the thing you didn't like about the movie um, the only note that I have is that it could have been shortened, but that's really it for me. What about you? I uh, agree. It was kind of slow in parts. Like, I don't know if it's just the era or his directing, but parts they could have like really shortened, like showing Dick getting to the overlook, like he was mm. sitting on the plane for a while and then he was yeah. driving the rental car. Like they could have cut like that kind of stuff out. Sure. Yeah. But maybe that yeah. was just part of the direction. I don't know. Plus, don't you think it was weird? Cause like he calls, you see Jack take the fuses out of the radio Mm-hmm. And then we don't see him uh, do anything to the snowcat or whatever. But then Dick calls. It, it seemed like it was the same day. Like he calls on the radio or he can't get through. Then the, they tell him the radio doesn't work. And then all of a sudden he's on a plane. But I felt like that happened like within the same day. It might have. The mm-hmm. last time we see him like in his apartment, it's at night. Somewhere in the morning. He so I think it's like went. the next day he got on the plane. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Um, will you watch it again, Jess? Of course, yes. Of course, Seth. Yeah, I would. Yes, I would. I said probably not. Um, I've given it four shots here, guys. I, I don't know if the fifth watch is going to make me like it or love it anymore. Less. All right, let's rate it. Let's do Stabby's ratings. We rate every movie on a zero to five Stabby scale. Some movies get zero. Some movies get fives because they're great. Jess, I can't wait to see what you rate this movie. At the end of it, we'll average it out. Give the HMC average Stabby's rating. From the Horror Movie Crew, we are where you should be going to get your horror movie reviews and ratings. Seth, HMC 79, I think. I never have the number down. Jess's pick, The Shining. What do you give this movie? I gave it a three. Ooh. Uh, I like the paranormal pre- you know, premise of it. Like I said, I really like the hotel. It's creepy. Um, Jack does a great job of being crazy. <laughs> I'd say. Um, and now that we've talked about it, like I think Wendy was... She did pretty good. There were some parts that annoyed me, but I didn't hate her as much after we talked about it. 
Um, I like the score of it, but it was just a little too long. Like, I felt like it could be an hour shorter. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So I gave it a three. Three. From Sad. Mm-hmm. Jess, your movie, The Shining, what do you give this movie? Kind of repeating some things I've already said, but um, I love Jack in this. Probably it was my favorite thing. I just think he does a really good job. Um, the aesthetic of the hotel, just the setting of everything. I love how it was shot. Um, this, like I said, movie kind of put me into being a horror fan and I obviously have to give it a five. What I tell you, I just <laughs> held just up held a piece up. of I just held up a piece of paper with a five circled on it. And I was like, that's your rating? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Is that your that's not your first five. You gave Scream a five. I gave Scream a five. I figured she And maybe the went, conjuring too. I didn't think you'd be that high. I thought you'd be like a four and a half. Damn, if I'd have known this was gonna be a record breaking one, I would have and printed out the Stabby's ratings. I failed us. I failed. apologize. Failure. All right. Wow, five. Holy cow. Uh, the visuals are great. I love the setting and the premise of the movie. I think the book is really great. Better than the movie, but that's in most circumstances. Jack Nicholson does a great job of making you think he's crazy. Um, I just wish there was more of a character arc. So I actually enjoyed it more this time than ever before because as Jess probably has heard me say, I typically always say I hate this movie mm-hmm. I didn't hate it I didn't love it I'm like I'm right I'm right in the middle like I bounced my rating from a 2.75 to a 2 I think I'm gonna settle in the middle to 2.5 I'm gonna give it a 50% yeah that's in the middle uh, thank you <laughs> making sure you knew that uh, so 2.5 from me uh, let's jump over to some of those other folks who like to rate and review horror movies Jess do you want to read the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus though it deviates from Stephen King's novel Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is a chilling often baroque journey into madness exemplified by an unforgettable turn from Jack Nicholson you did a great job I mean really really Thank great you, mm-hmm. you learn a lot from her yeah I'm just saying <laughs> All right. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave an 85% on 97 reviews. My Batman books just showed up, Seth. 85% average rating as well. Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it a 93% on 250,000 reviews. A 4.4 out of 5 average or 88%. IMDb gave it an 8.4 out of 10 or 84% on 974,000 reviews. Us, the Horror Movie Crew, where you should be going to get your horror movie ratings and reviews. We gave it a 3.5 out of 5 average stabbies rating or a 70%. Not a second. I forget what that is now. I don't remember either. It's in there. I okay. think it's okay. It's okay. Below so. that, I think was mediocre. Mediocre. That's Sabadin. Sabadin's at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to do those ratings. But anyway, Jess <laughs> gave it a five. <laughs> it's going to be at the top of the Fingernail breaking good. So we didn't like it as much as some of these other folks, but we had pretty mixed reviews a three, a five, and a two and a half. Yeah. I honestly am surprised. I thought you were going to give it lower. Me? Yeah. Nah, nah. I think I've matured, Jess. I really have matured over the years. And uh, <laughs> hmm. ah, you don't agree? Hmm. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Do you be a good joker laugh? Um, all right. Anything else about The Shining before we wrap it up? I don't think so. Beautiful. So. Let's do some patron shout outs. Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast. I just listened to their episode on Scream today while I was working out. It was great. We should do. I'm excited because it comes out April. Did I tell you I went to the store to get it and it wasn't there? Yeah. 
fucking <laughs> dumbass. I'm an idiot, dude. So it was available for digital download, Jess, and I thought it was available just to buy. So I was going to get the Blu-ray with the digital code, right? Mm-hmm. So I like go to the store and it's, I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't see, like you would think it's this fucking Scream Five. It should be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nah, it should wasn't. be a big cardboard cutout and- of Ghostface. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna steal it, mm-hmm. but uh, or Jenna Ortega, I'd steal her cardboard cutout as well. But uh, yeah, so it wasn't there. Pretty embarrassing. So then mm-hmm. I look. I'm like, oh, it's April. Like I'm not April. Oh boy. Anyway, Brian Hathaway. Don't go out the podcast. Thank you. Kimberly, Kimberly D, Mike R, Derek Cole, Anthony Silva from Porcelain Peak, Felicia Connor from Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, Caitlin, the Ashleys, Ashley V and Ashley S, the original OG patron members, Mark and Brooke from Podcasts on Elm Street, and my lovely mother, Nana, a.k.a. the Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Thank all of you for giving us your hard-earned money. Mm -hmm. Our next episode is my pick, HMC 80, the number, (laughs) the number, the movie, Seven. Seven. I've already watched it. I watched it and did all the notes for it. It's done. I thought we were recording it tomorrow. I don't think I've seen that since like 1996. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't want to get too (laughs) far into it, but this is the movie that scared the shit out of me as a kid. I remember it being scary. Well, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyway that's the next one Um, we're trying to get the cabin stuff in order do we agree we're doing Final Destination for the cabin that's the movie I think so alright Jess voted out the purge alright in that case I don't have anything else to say I've got spaghetti waiting for me I fucking hate spaghetti but I'm gonna eat it good we're out of here goodbye bye y'all bye bye y'all hey crewbies thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more or you want to follow us on social media, Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast. And you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all Take a dump. He's going to go home and whack his little weenie. I got to do that too. He's going to whack his little weenie. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Josh is in one of his tight gay club shirts again. <sighs> this is my shirts, dude. <laughs> Woo. Quit touching my nip, dude. That's sexual harassment. You look big. Dude, I dropped one do. of these beers down the steps. I bet it was that one. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Did, did you think I fell? <laughs> I didn't know. It didn't sound like a body falling. <laughs> I've had a rough two days, Jess. I need beers today. I feel you. Do you want a beer? Don't yeah. Fucking laugh if it exploded. <laughs>